Welcome to the Kingsway Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed as you listen to this audio sermon streamed live from Melbourne, Australia. Kingsway Christian Fellowship is a family Bible-based non-denominational church preaching Jesus Christ, based in Wonturner. Visit www.kingswaychristianfellowship.com. Now here is Pastor Werner Schultz. Good, amen. And he hasn't changed from last Sunday today. He is the same, hallelujah. And that's why let us always have our praise ready for him to lift up the name of the Lord. We don't have to change at any day that we say, well, we have to approach God differently today. He is the same, hallelujah. If there's anything in this world that's really, really rock solid, that is the name of the Lord. And it's so wonderful to be together this morning. And I want to bless the Lord for what he is doing. Hallelujah. Now this morning, I want to preach on a word and a question that uh, might um, rise up in your heart. What is growing in your heart? What is growing in your heart? Something will be growing. Either we are growing in the grace or something else will grow up in our life. And I want to read a scripture from Hebrews chapter 12, the verses 15 to 17. Hebrews 12, 15 to 17. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. That nut or no root of bitterness spring up, causing troubles, and by it many be defiled. That there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his own birthright for a single meal, for you have, but you know that even afterwards, when he desired the inherit, inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he saw it with tears. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are here this morning. And I want to bless your wonderful name, Lord. I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will draw us into your presence. Lord, and that we are aware this morning, it is your word. It's not my word. It's your word. And I pray, Lord, that your word might be blessed, Lord, and everyone might receive your word. I thank the Lord that you will give grace to speak your word, give grace also to listen to your word, and give grace to act upon your wonderful word in the precious and wonderful and glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now grace, what a wonderful word. These five rich letters in the Bible 
are actually too rich for this world. The world is so poor, but grace is so rich. And that's why it's so important for us this morning that we understand the grace of God. And as the apostle who writes here to the Hebrews, see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. It's so important that we grow in grace. And the apostle makes it very clear. It is so important. Grace is the basis we can stand upon when we have to stand before the Lord one day. No one can stand before God and say, well, Lord, I've done this for you, I've done this for you, and because I have done all these things, that's why you have to accept me. No, there's only one thing valid, and that's the grace of God that's been brought to us by the shedding of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It is so important for us as Christians for a long time we might speak the right words. We might sing the right choruses and songs. And we might worship, but the question is, is it real worship or is it just something we do out of our mouths? And that's so important. And the apostle wants to show us here. And we see and know it from our own life. Backsliding is not something that happens all of a sudden. There is some, something that leads to it because you were perhaps not growing in grace. Something else grew up there. Now, I know many of you might have perhaps a little veggie garden. You know what I mean? Yeah? There's something where you have it in your backyard and you're tending to it. And uh, so bad is as if two people are looking after it. Why? Because the one who planted it, my wife, she is good in planting uh, flowers and stuff like that. And so I helped her yesterday. We had to plant some flowers and so on. I do only the hard work, and she does put the flower in the ground and then a little bit of water to it. Now, if you have a veggie garden and you have got no idea what your wife perhaps planted, and you think, well, something is growing there I've never seen before, and you go and rip it out, oh, it's just weed, and throw it away. Next time, your wife comes, and she's looking, everything is growing, but there's something else not growing, what she wanted, she takes it, rips it out, and throws it away. Now, how much will you have at a time when you wait for your onions or whatever it is? You can wait and wait. There will nothing be growing because everything has been ripped out, the good thing with the bad thing. And that's why it's important we have to watch what is growing in my heart. That we only might rip out and allow the Spirit of God to rip out the things which are not right before God. And it can be very, very important and must be important to us. Now we see here, 
God wants that we grow in grace and that we get stronger in him. Do not receive the grace of God in vain. Now it's so important. Grace, as I said, is the greatest gift God has given us. There's nothing else I could stand before God with and say, Lord, uh, as a young boy, I believed in you. No, God is looking for something that his spirit and his blood, the blood of Jesus, could work in us and bring forth in us. And the Holy Spirit can bring forth in us. The Bible, the Bible says <coughs> that we can fail the grace of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse, verse 1. We also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. You know what it means? If you as a father on Thursday, when the payday is, I don't know, but you still get it on Thursday, and you get and give some money to your children. I remember my older brother, when he worked and I was still a boy, and so he opened his wallet, and on payday, everything, all the coins he gave to me, because he earned more money, and the coins perhaps 10 cents or 10 penny in German, or 50 penny, there was much. And he gave it to me. Now that's important. I could do with this money what I wanted, but if I squandered it on lollies, I didn't have anything anymore. But so also the grace of God is given us by God for a purpose, not to squander it. And that's so important that we understand when we have been saved, we have been saved for our, for our purpose. Now, how can it be that we receive the grace of God in vain? If we constantly striving against the Holy Spirit. You know what it is? The word of God was preached and the Lord spoke to you and in your heart you knew exactly there is something I must change because or apply the grace of God in my life to change it and to do it differently and allow the Spirit of God to work in me. And as the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Spirit of God. We grieve the Spirit of God if we never ever allow the Spirit of God to change me and say, Lord, I want to change. Never ever, never ever will I grow as it is or go on as I live. I want to be changed into your image. And that's so wonderful and important is people might see and should see who lives in you. And I think that's a great thing, Gary, that this con came to your Bible study. Did you give him a cup of tea too? And some biscuits too? 
Yes. That's the grace of God. Let this man see. Here I've come into a house. It is totally different. Jesus is here in the house. And Jesus was there as well, wasn't he? Amen. Most assuredly. That's good. And what I want to say is this. The grace of God in our lives wants to do something and so important for us. Genesis chapter 6. We know the flood, the great flood. What was the great sin at a time when Noah was around? Was it immorality? What was it? Violence? One? Yes. And there's the scripture, we read it in Genesis chapter 6 verse 3. My spirit shall not strive with man forever. And you know, at that time, people were not dumb. They knew there's God. And they knew the spirit of God as well. They knew but constantly striving against the Spirit of God. Constantly striving against the Spirit of God causes us that we do not grow in grace, as the Bible says. And that was here in Genesis 6, verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah yielded to the Spirit of God. Are you yielding to the Spirit of God? Noah did. And Noah received from the Lord very clearly that um, task to build the ark for salvation for all the people. Now, if we tolerate sin in our life, then we are grieving the Spirit of God too. Don't do it. How often has God spoken to you? How often was the Spirit of God constantly on your heart? And you knew this is not right what I do. And yet you again fell or went into the sin again. This is grieving the Holy Spirit. Do you understand it? This is grieving the Holy Spirit. And the scripture the Bible says about, and we read it also about Esau. Esau, he wanted to have a repentance of his father. Now I have to explain it to you that you get it right. It was not so that Esau asked God and said, oh God, forgive me, and God didn't forgive him. What was it? Where couldn't he find repentance? He couldn't find repentance in his father's heart. Why? Jacob was there before, and he gave the blessing to Jacob. And his father Isaac said, I don't have any blessing anymore. I don't have any blessings anymore. It's been gone. Do you understand? And I might Think about it. It could drive me nuts and insane. This thought 
No more, no more, no more. No chance anymore. That's hell. Did you know that? Perhaps not only the fire, but this constant uh, thought. No chance, no chance, no, 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 no chance. It's all over. And how you would perhaps desire if God only could make an exemption, but there will be no exemption. When Esau came to his father, um, Isaac, and wanted to have the blessing, but the blessing was already gone to whom? To Jacob. I have got no blessings for you anymore. And although he was seeking with repentance, he couldn't find repentance in his father, Isaac, because he thought, oh, father, could you perhaps still give me something? No. I have got no blessings for you anymore. This is his seriousness with the gospel of Jesus Christ. When God gave you such a great gift as the grace of God. Hallelujah. When I will be standing before God, I've got nothing to show for. The only thing is the grace of God. Grace, 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 hallelujah. Do you understand it? Do we appreciate the grace of God? Oh, that's so important. In Romans chapter 6, verse 2, and it's so important that we should not continue in sin. It must come to a day, a stop to your old, old habits. It must come. When then should be your habits you have been doing after you came to Jesus? When then should there be a reckoning for it? When then? Before the throne of God, brothers and sisters, it will be too late. You were standing upon the grace of God your whole life, but not walking in it. And this grace didn't have any effect in your life. And that's so important. And that's what the Bible says here. We should not receive the grace of God in vain. Romans 6 verse 2. How shall we who died to sin still, what? Still live in sin. How should it be? Paul didn't have any theology for it. Neither do I have. There's only one way. Stop sitting. And so say, Lord, either I die, but I don't want to keep going on in this sin any longer. It is serious. Grace of the grace of God is so wonderful. God forgives all our sins, no matter what sins you have done. They've all been washed away. Hallelujah. Blessed be this wonderful name of Jesus and the grace of God. And you say what? What? Amen. Hallelujah. That's the grace of God. I've got nothing here to stand before you or stand upon. That's the grace of God. 
not because I grew up in a Christian family. It was good, 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 and I thank the Lord for it through my Christian family, my parents, and all my brothers and sisters are all saved. And we encourage each other. Hallelujah. A few already with, with the Lord. There's only my sister in Sweden and I here in Australia. And we will be joined up one day before the Lord. And all my sisters, and all of my sister, I only had two sisters. One went to be with the Lord. And all my brothers, I will see them. And the only thing I can say, it is the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. It's important that we allow the Holy Spirit to change us. Now, we miss the grace of God if we do not allow the Spirit of God to change us. Did you understand this word change? From the moment the Spirit of God is speaking to us, we then must say, Lord, I'm going to yield to your Spirit. Change me, O Lord. And that's what we read in Titus chapter 2, the verses 11 and 12. Sean, my dear brother, do you remember when you gave your life to the Lord? Do you remember? I preached on that word. On that word. Pardon? You forgot it, but I didn't. I didn't. I preached on that word, and as I made an altar call, he was the first to come to the front. Hallelujah. Do you remember that? My dear, dear sister Kara? Yes? You know what Kara in Greek means? Joy. That's what Kara means in Greek. Joy. And Kavris means grace. Hallelujah. Now, what does the Bible say? For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Nobody is excluded. This grace has been brought to all men. And then verse 12, that goes on. And that's also under the same theme of grace. Understand it, yeah? The grace of God appeared to all men. Forgiveness for everyone. Hallelujah. I was rejoicing when Ella showed me something on her iPad. Or what do you call these things? iPod. So, and it was the last Sunday. There was a man with a camouflage shirt or jacket in the wheelchair and lifting up his hand. And I saw also some of our brothers were praying with him there. Said, praise the Lord. And we prayed for him last Friday in the prayer meeting for the camouflage man. Perhaps he received the Lord I saw a few of you. Sean, were you there as well? Or you were, yes? And my dear brother Nathan was there. Who else was there? And I said, praise the Lord. Somebody in the streets of Melbourne in a wheelchair lifting up their hands. 
and certainly praising the Lord. That made me rejoice. Hallelujah. I, I would have loved to be there as well, but I wasn't. Perhaps I should come with you more often to experience these things more often together with you. Hallelujah. Now, what is the second part of this wonderful grace? Verse 12. Instructing, that means disciplining us, you know, that we should all these worldly things put aside to deny ungodly and worldly desire and live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. That's what the grace of God is there for also. Amen? That's what the grace of God is there for also. If the grace of God only could save us and not set us free from all these things, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desire and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present time. Is that grace or is that our works? It's the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Stop struggling. Just cancel sin and say, no more will I yield to the sin of the flesh or whatever it would be. This grace will make it possible for us to live a godly life in this present day. Amen. Hallelujah. And what else will the grace make? Uh, looking for the blessed hope and appearance of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now I know why I preached then. I know that. I preached on that because I found here a section where Jesus Christ has been named what? God. God. We had some kind of teaching lingering around in that time. Jesus is not God. But here, and that's what I preached on that morning, very clearly, I remember that. And how wonderful is that if the grace of God can change us, it's all by grace, all by grace. Nothing by my doing. The only thing you have to say, no longer, no longer, no longer will I do these things. No longer. And that's so important. Hallelujah. And it's important that we should grow in grace. As Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of Lord of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. And eternity. Amen. Okay. That doesn't mean that you can go home now. No. Some people wait for the pastor's last word is amen. And they think that they can 
can go home. But once we engage with the Spirit of God, there is no amen in that regard that we can go. There is this amen, it shall be done and shall be happening. Hallelujah. We allow the Spirit of God our whole life to take over. Remember, either we are growing in grace or do you remember this little thing, example I gave, when two people grow something, the one thing, this is wheat, throws it out, and the other one comes next day and sees the, even also something else, throws it out. Either there is a growth in grace in our life, or else, or else what can grow there too? Pardon? Wheat, yes. Or a root of what? Bitterness, bitterness, bitterness. It's so ugly if a person is so bitter. And there are sometimes bitter Christians. Oh, if your heart is bitter, rip out this root of bitterness. Say, Lord, take me. I don't want to become bitter in any way. And here it says, that not a root of bitterness in Hebrew chapter 12 Verse 15b. That no root of bitterness spring up, causing trouble, and by it many be defiled. Bitterness brings trouble, not only to you, but also to others. A bitter, being together with a bitter person is horrible. It's horrible. Whatever you might see or say on positive word of God, they are just bitter. They are just bitter. That not a root of bitterness may be growing up in you. It's so important to understand this word. Only on soil that's not being cultivated by the Spirit of God, this root will grow. If we grow in grace, there is no room for bitterness. Amen? Amen. There's only grace. Hallelujah. And that's why be gracious to everyone and let the forbearing of God known to everyone the Bible says us in Philippians. It's so important, and we see here clearly, you are providing the soil in your heart that either you might grow in grace or that perhaps a root of bitterness might grow up in your heart. There were no thistles in Garden Eden. Is it right? And we, I heard about here in Australia, especially when you come 
into the area from very be in that area, you know, where there's a lot of land and you see a lot of thistles. And I was curious, how did these thistles come to Australia? Does anybody know? You should know it. It's Australian history. You know it? Who is Australian? Hand up. Hand up. Pastor Gary, you Australian? And your wife too, Australian? Who else? Sean? Hands up. Yes. You know how these thistles came to Australia? It is the Scottish national plant. And Scots brought it over here, planted it. And if you go along the freeway to Werribee, you can see it left and right, especially in time of blooming, these white, big flowers. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, purple I don't know anymore. But you can, you can see these there. But... Have you ever stepped bare feet on a thistle? No, no, no. You will be aware of it. But were there any thistles in Eden? Everything that grew in Eden was edible. Hallelujah. Whatever the fruit was called, it was edible. And God said, the whole tree or the whole garden is for ye, but just one tree. Don't touch it. Don't eat from it. Because all the other trees, the fruit of these trees were edible. Everything that grows in Garden Eden and everything that grows through the Holy Spirit is edible. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's so important. Before I came to Australia, we lived close to the Dutch border, and we had in Leer a, uh, a combined with a church an elder or old people's home, and so on. And I went often there and uh, held a morning as a devotion for the elderly people, and I could sometimes see they were not all Christians. Was also uh, just just a home for elderly people. Where you work, Kara, you know, are they all Christians? Not yet. Not yet. Praise the Lord. Keep preaching and beaming out the love of God that all these people might turn to the Lord. But I tell you what, I have seen there elderly people better. Better, better. Why? They didn't know the grace of God. Everything that grows by the Spirit of God in our heart is edible. Hallelujah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Your smile, if you smile to someone, it's edible. Hallelujah. If you pet someone, on the shoulder, it's edible because it grew in the garden of Eden of your heart where the Spirit of God is working. 
Hallelujah. If we or we provide the soil for the fruit to grow. Now, if it is on a soil of resenting others, so I do I know that I learned it in my ministry. I am not everybody's cup of tea. Is that right? I, I know that. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, what should I do with you then? Should I reject you? No. I want to give you a good portion of love of God. And that can change everything. Can change me. And you and your attitude too. On the soil of resenting others. You may have problems with some people about a mannerism or so. Don't worry about. In heaven, you will not have that mannerism anymore. It will be changed because he will be then like Jesus. Was there anything wrong with Jesus? What? Nothing. But you will see him and you will be like him. Amen. Even your mannerism you don't like will be changed in heaven. Hallelujah. The one who might be so miserable here on earth, no joy in the Holy Spirit, when you meet him in heaven, by the grace of God, you can give him a double hug because you love him so much now. Amen? Yeah, do you know what I'm preaching? Do you understand? Either we grow in grace or something else will grow in our heart. And that's the root of bitterness. The root of bitterness. There was a great revival in Acts chapter 8. Who knows where this revival was? Was a revival in Samaria? God sent Philip there and he preached the gospel in Samaria. And many, many people came to the Lord and they all got baptized. And when the people, the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria has received the word of God, what did they do then? Peter and John, they came in an airplane to Siberia. And everybody looked at Peter and John, the great apostles. What was their task? Why did they send them to Samaria? Anybody knows the Bible in this part, particular place? That they should receive the Holy Spirit because he had not fallen yet on any of them. And they came. And Peter and John, and, and John, yes, they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That means he perhaps received, not perhaps, certainly, the Holy Spirit as the disciples received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost with speaking in other tongues as it was. That was known to the apostle only. If somebody receives the Holy Spirit, 
they were also receiving the gift to speak in other tongues. And as they were doing this, there was one man there, and he had a big ego. His ego was not dead. Although he was baptized, his ego did swim. And when you see these things happening, Peter, John laying hands on them, they started to speak in another tongue and praising the Lord. And all of a sudden, this man, who knows what the name of this man was? Simon. And he came to Peter and knocked him on his shoulder and said, Peter, can you give me this gift as well? And I give you perhaps a hundred shekels for it. What did Peter say? Good deal. Good deal. No. What did Peter say? What did Peter say? That is such a strong word and I want to read it here again. Perhaps a whole section from chapter 8, verse 14, that you get the whole context. Context. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. There's a difference. The Holy Spirit within us we receive when we get born again, and the Holy Spirit upon us when we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's the difference. Do you understand it? This was not happened then, for he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that's what Pastor Gary preached on last Sunday, and he called it the water baptism. Yes? You understand? You remember that? Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 18, when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the hands, of the apostle hands, he offered them money, and saying, give me this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And now comes Peter. Oh, boy, do I like Peter. Do I like Peter. Oh, this Peter I like. I'm waiting for the next wonderful stories you will tell us when you come back, Peter. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with, with, may your silver perish with you. Perhaps somebody came, might have come if you would have been there, Peter. Peter, slowly, slowly. This is a new convert. He has grown in the Lord. But I see what? But what did he see? Let's read 21 again. You have no part or portion of this matter, for you 
Your heart is not right before God. Therefore repent of the wickedness of yours and pray the Lord that if possible the intention of your heart may be forgiven. For I see, that's the apostle Peter, for I see that you are in the gall of what? Gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. Can sin be described harder, harsher than iniquity? That's what I learned. The word iniquity is the bottomless sinfulness. And he said, Repent, pray. And what did he say then later? I think his, but Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, yourself, that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. This was such a, such a sincere situation. Give me this that I also can lay hands on and people will speak in other tongues. Perhaps, but because he saw what happened, he saw what happened, and he received the Holy Spirit. And what's, what a harsh word he said. There was the gall of bitterness. Bitterness went through the baptism of water. Perhaps she never ever repentance of wannabe number one on board. Because before always people were wondering about him. He was a, a sorcerer. And he thought, now we can switch the poles. You know, I'm going to become perhaps a Christian sorcerer because he was used to that fame everybody held him to be somebody great but when it comes to the things of God there is being a razor sharp cutting by the word of God and the spirit of God amen we can't hide anything before God these things are seriously he saw this root of bitterness in him. I don't know what happened to this Simon. I don't know. But one thing, I knew there was bitterness. The root of bitterness can grow, and by it many will be defiled. May God keep us in a spirit of rejoicing. Hallelujah. And I like what you say. When I come to this church here, there's such a joy, Peter. Hallelujah. Let this joy of the Lord beam over and over. Hallelujah. And that's what is so important. 
We are providing the soil for that the grace of God could work something in us new or that we cause a root of bitterness growing in us. Now, this root of bitterness grows on soil of false intentions. Intentions. Now the Simon, he thought, well, what a great thing. They're speaking languages they never, ever heard. This Simon might have heard only Hebrew and perhaps a little bit of Greek, and that's all. But he didn't know that there is a language of heaven by the Spirit of God speaking in another tongues. Hallelujah. And Paul says, I wish that you all, all would speak in the Spirit in other tongues. Is that biblical or not? Is that biblical? Can I hear a real amen? Amen. amen. That's what Paul wanted. So what is growing in your heart? Yes. Peter saw in Simon a root of bitterness. And he said, repent of it. Repent. But nothing else but repentance and turning away could this root of bitterness be ripped out. Peter might have said, well, if people came to him, he's just a new Christian. If I would have been Peter, it's good I'm not Peter. Praise the Lord. I've said, I don't care. There is a root of bitterness and it has to be dealt with. Amen? Has to be dealt with. Pray. The Lord may forgive, forgive you. Repent of this thought at all that there is something you lay hands on somebody and they all of a sudden speak in other tongues. Repent of the thought. It doesn't fit the mind of God, does it? No way. Now, bitterness is horrible. I want to conclude with a story I read about. Who has heard about David Wilkinson? Hands up. Have you read his book, The Cross and the Switchblade? Yes. And David Wilkerson, without any question, his sermon, his preaching was biblical. His lifestyle was biblical. There was no bad afterthought when he went to be with the Lord. No bad rumors about him. And that's wonderful. And he wrote... In a book, a mission story. How important it is that no bitter root might grow up in our heart. It was a hundred years ago, 1921. There were two Swedish missionary couples from Stockholm. I've been in Stockholm in the greatest and biggest church then 
it was the church. Levi Petrus was the minister and a pastor there. And he experienced a wonderful, he was formerly a Baptist preacher. He experienced a wonderful baptism in the Holy Spirit. I think going back to the revival in Wales. And there was a great church when I was about 13, 14 years. We traveled with our brass band. I played in the brass band then in Bremen. Swedish churches and we came to this church and even King Gustav Adolf went sometimes to the church from Levi Petrus. You would call him Louis Petrus but the Swedes call him Levi Petrus. And from there they came and they had a call to go to Belgish Congo you know, it was called then Belgish Congo. Today it is Saïr, you know. And they went there full of, of joy and drive in their young years to do a work for the Lord. And they came there and they reported to the mission station there in Zaire. And after a few days, they spoke there and familiarized themselves with the work there. And then this, these two couples took a machete and they went into the jungle, hacked their way through the jungle into the next uh, village. They were rejected by the village and then they went further on. And now these two couples... They wanted to do something for the Lord. There was this couple, David and Swea, flood or float, as the sweet would say, and Joel and Bertha Erickson. Erickson is typical Swedish. You know that, you know? All the sons, they're all coming from Sweden. Erickson's, Anderson, that's all Swedish stuff. Now, after a while, these two couples um, separated. Not the couple, but the Ericsons and the Floods. The Ericsons went back to the mission field. It was lonely. They were in an area, insect-infested area. You know, all these things. But the floods, they went on. They came to another village and they were received there and they built themselves somewhere in the jungle a uh, mud hut, you know. They didn't have besser bricks and all that stuff there. A mud hut. Now, his wife, she was pregnant with a sick child. David Junior was their first child, and they had another child, a girl. She was hit down by malaria and all these things. And she was ill for a number of days. But then she gave birth to a girl, and they called her Aina. And 
after a week of malaria, David's wife, Swia, she died. Very, very hardship. You think you are going through hard times? Being in an insect-infested hot area in the jungle in Sa'ir, living in a mud head or hut. And he had to bury his wife not far away from the hut. Remember, the second child was born, a girl. And when he was, as he was digging the hole to bury his wife, oh, what a, what a thing. If you follow Jesus, and also if you follow the Lord in ministry, it is sometimes a very, very, very hard time. Brother Gary, I could understand you're going on through a hard time with your car and all that stuff. But you did right inviting him. You did right. Hallelujah. Now as he was there and a little girl was crying perhaps for the mother's milk. And then he flew into anger. The anger got a hold of him. And he said, God, it's all your fault. I'm here. My wife, she was so intelligent. intelligent. She was so gifted. And now you took her, and I'm now bearing her. I can't help. I can't or breastfeed that girl. What should I do? And in this anger, he cried to God. And said, I quit. After a few days, he hired one of the tribesmen from the village there to lead him back to the mission station. When he came back to the mission station, he said, I'm going. I'm going. I'm done. I'm going back to Stockholm. I had it. God has forsaken me. Did he? Listen to this question. Did he? The story goes further. Hallelujah. When I read this story from David Wilkerson, he wrote it in one of his books. I said, Lord, whatever hardship might come, we serve the Lord. We serve the Lord. Pray for you pastors and preachers. They are under more attack than anyone. I mean attack from the devil. The story goes further. David Flood, the one-time missionary, took his younger son, uh, now perhaps three years old, son David with him, went back to Stockholm, and then he went into an import business. He made a lot of money, a lot of money. What happened to Aina, that little girl? 
He left it there at the mission station, and this American couple who were uh, the head of the mission station, they took that little girl, adopted her, and they were called for so-called furlough. You know what it means, holiday back to America. They took the little girl with them because there was now her girl. And they changed, or their girl, but they changed the name then from Anai, they changed it to Aggie. So whenever I speak of Aggie, it's this girl. She went with them to America. She grew up and she married a Christian young man in America. And so he was a pastor, became a pastor, a preacher of the gospel. And one day he became the superintendent, not superintendent, the head of a Bible college. And he was teaching there in this Bible college. It was in Minneapolis. And she was trying to get in contact with her father. But it was not possible. And then she learned somehow by searching and searching that she has got two or three other brothers and one more sister. And she tried to get in contact with them because she wanted to talk to her father. He went away from the Lord and became an alcoholic. The root of bitterness grew up there. Now this college gave this couple a world or around the world trip, even to Sweden. So they started the trip and they made a stopover in London. And as they were staying there, they went through the streets in London, you know, and all of a sudden they heard some singing. And they stopped at the Royal Albert Hall. They went in there. There was a great mission convention from the Assembly of God. They went in and they listened to a preacher from Sa'ir. And he said how many churches were founded in Sa'ir, then in Belgish Congo. And at the end of his preaching, she said to him, do you remember David Flood, this missionary and his wife? Yes, I remember. She always told me about Jesus. And the story goes so, whenever she told him about Jesus, Bear mind has to be in, in France, or French rather. And the Swedes are, Swedes are very gifted in languages. They can easily learn English, can easily learn German, and also French. So 
when she was talking to this boy who always came every day while they were still in their mud hut. He always was smiling back. She didn't know does he understand the gospel or not. But then when they came to the royal hall, royal Albert Hall, and he spoke, or she spoke with him, and he said, yeah, yeah, I remember then. They had also a little girl. What happened to her? I don't know, he said. And she said, I am Aggie. I am that little girl. God makes no mistakes. Hallelujah. Even if it looks, it's so disastrous. God makes no mistake. Just let the grace of God grow in you. Hallelujah. The next day, they continued their travel to Stockholm. And she had a little bit of contact with one of her sisters, stepsisters. And she was, she was um, there at the airport, received her, and then he came to a hotel. As they were in the lobby of the hotel, she asked her sister, how is David, my older brother, going? And she said, oh, he's over there on the other side of the lobby. He was sitting there, a man ruined by alcohol and whatever. And she said, don't tell about anything about Jesus. He doesn't want to hear anything. Please, don't do it. And then... The next day, her sister she was in contact with, she said, I want to bring you to our dad. And he sat in a car, went through all the streets in Stockholm, through a very bad slum area. And all of a sudden, they stood before a run-down house. She opened the door. On the floor, bottles of alcohol, empty ones, of course, and so on. And somewhere in a corner, there was an old cot. An old man was lying there. There was her father, David, flood. The one-time Congo missionary from Stockholm. And I was told to her, don't mention the name of Jesus. Don't mention anything. Don't mention anything about the mission. And then she went, sat on the foot end of the cot, and said, Dad, it's all good. It's all good. And then she started she said, Lord, uh, Dad, 
God has not forgotten me. I'm here with my husband. We are serving the Lord. And she spoke about the evening before, or two evenings before in England, of the Royal Albert Hall Mission and Conference of the Assembly of God. It's all true, Dad. You remember that little African boy who always came and listened to mom? It is true. He became a wonderful evangelist and many, many churches have been founded in Zaire. It is true. It was all over in the newspaper in England, in London. It is true. It is true. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God fell upon this old man. This bitter root was ripped out by the Spirit of God. And he prayed, repented, and he came right with God again. What a legacy, listen, what a legacy has he left. Three children not knowing the Lord because of the root of bitterness in his heart. There when he buried his wife, Sweer. Doesn't the Bible say that not a root of bitterness might grow up by which many will be what? Defiled. Oh, let the fruit of the Spirit grow out through you to your children, to everyone that the love of Christ might bind us together. That's enough preaching for tomorrow, for this morning, isn't it? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, it is true. If you do not grow in grace, a root of bitterness will grow up. Lord, I thank you that you know each one of us here this morning. Lord, I pray if in anyone our little or small stars where root of bitterness is growing up. Rip it out, Lord. Rip it out by your spirit, by a th sorrow, repentance before you, Lord. I thank you. Amen. What is growing in your heart. May the Lord bless each and every one of us. Make sure you're growing in grace and that the fruit of the Spirit might spring out of your heart that you just can't contain it any longer. Amen? Hallelujah. God bless you.
and have a wonderful, wonderful day.